A Force for Good by the Dalai Lama One sentence summary A force for good is a universal call to turn our compassion outward and use it to improve ourselves and the world around us in science, religion, social issues, business and education. My favorite quote from the author is The moment you think of others, your mind widens. The Dalai Lama When the Dalai Lama speaks, the world listens. And rightfully so. He's been a source of positive energy for over 50 years, which he's shared in speeches, talks, conventions, books like The Art of Happiness, and most importantly, his actions. It might surprise you that a spiritual leader would team up with a scientist like Daniel Goleman, who wrote books like Focus and Emotional Intelligence, but to him it makes perfect sense as one complements the other. To the Dalai Lama, the fundamentally human trait that's missing most in the world, the limiting factor of our ability to thrive as a species, is compassion. Only when we live compassion on a daily basis can we take care of our biggest issues. Just think of environmental damage, the future of education or the moral problems of business. These are all issues of compassion. After reading this, you'll have a better idea of how you can use it to make yourself a force for good in this world. Here are my three favorite lessons. 1. Control your emotions by asking yourself how proportionate they are. 2. Compassion has nothing to do with religion. 3. Living compassion means being fair, transparent and accountable. Want to recalibrate your compassion compass? Let's make ourselves a force for good. A force for good lesson 1. You can control your emotions by asking yourself how well proportioned they are for the situation. This answers the question, what makes it easier to not react to negative events so spontaneously? One of the most important aspects when it comes to being mindful or having lots of willpower is being able to pause when emotions rise inside you. Feelings are the strongest motivators of human behavior, so whenever we feel strongly about something, we're tempted to act on this feeling. However, this is often a short circuit in our internal wiring, leading us to not consider the consequences of our actions well enough. The Dalai Lama has mastered the art of taking a step back and thinking first. For example, during the 2008 Tibetan unrest, he imagined the Chinese officials who caused Tibetans pain and grief, but decided not to be absorbed by their negative energy, instead choosing not to act out of anger, being compassionate, and controlling his feelings. However, controlling your feelings is not the same as suppressing them. The former helps you make better decisions, the latter leads to uncontrolled outbursts. A very simple thing you can do to improve in this regard is ask yourself this question when you recognize negative emotions inside you. Are my feelings in proportion to the situation I am in? For example, if you're angry that Donald Trump won the US presidency today and you ask yourself this question, you'll quickly find that not much in your life will change for quite some time and that this is probably not worth being frustrated about. When you can get back to work as usual much faster and not spend the day in angry frustration. A force for good lesson 2. Compassion wasn't born out of religion. It's an innate human trait. This answers the question, how does the Dalai Lama's idea of compassion transcend his own religion? There are countless fables, metaphors and religious stories that make a case for compassion, such as Jesus' famous turn the other cheek, the Zen story of the farmer who wouldn't divide his days into lucky and unlucky ones, 
or the story of kindness being forward, paid forward in Islam. In fact, compassion is such a central part of most of the major religions that we tend to think the idea of it could have originated from religion itself. But that's not true, the Dalai Lama thinks. He says compassion is separate and actually superior to religion, as it's grounded in biology for several reasons. First, even animals can be compassionate. Think of a dog keeping another dog company when he feels miserable, or wolves mourning the loss of another wolf through howling. Second, humans can hardly survive without positive emotions like love and joy and compassion. Compassion is a way to deliver those to others. Lastly, one of the biggest sources of human motivation is having a mission that's larger than oneself. And compassion is exactly what gets us to focus on others, forget our own petty problems and energize us in return. A force for good lesson three. Putting compassion into action every day means being fair, transparent and accountable. This answers the question, how can you make compassion actionable? All this talk about compassion is important, but it means nothing if you don't put it into action. Living a compassionate life is a choice, and every single one of us can make that choice, and do so every single day, no matter what our background is, how much money we have, or don't have, or where we live. To the Dalai Lama, this means keeping the three principles at the top of his mind at all times. Principle number one, fairness. Principle number two, transparency. And principle number three, accountability. Just yesterday, my roommate said something interesting. I think everyone knows what's fair. Every human being has a sense of when they're being put at an advantage or disadvantage. He might be right. What exactly means fair, of course, depends on the situation and individual, but we always have a rough sense of whether what's going on is fair. And if it isn't, we must work to change it. Being transparent is easy. Being consistently transparent is hard. It's no problem to share when you're winning, but when you screw up, it's much tougher to fess up and say, shit, that didn't go as planned. I made a mistake. Find the balance. Accountability is just a logical consequence of transparency. Once you've admitted to a mistake, which feels great afterwards, you'll struggle a lot less to take responsibility for it. Roll up your sleeves and say, all right, what does it take to fix this? F-T-A. Three letters that, if you memorize them, can help you take action on compassion day in and day out. Here's what I learned from A Force for Good by the Dalai Lama and Daniel Goleman. Okay, some, some background context. Uh, the Dalai Lama is the uh, um, spiritual leader of... I don't know if he's just... Is he just the spiritual leader of... Um, Tibet? I don't think so. He's, I think he is the... Uh, let me not tell you anything wrong. So, he is... His school is Tibetan Buddhism. So, the religion is Buddhism. Um, but I think that the Dalai Lama is also has also state duties. So he's like a mix of a spiritual leader and the head of state, I believe. I think it might have changed that he uh, is now only a spiritual leader and not he doesn't have any official political duties uh, at this point, I think. 
Um, but he still takes on a very political role in that he travels the world and speaks about important topics and so on, right? So he's a religious leader turned uh, political leader um, turned, I guess, spiritual leader and political advocate, probably. So that's what I think his position is, just in case you don't like... Everybody knows the Dalai Lama, but nobody knows what, what's actually the Dalai Lama's job, quote-unquote. Um, so there's that. And he wrote that book together with Daniel Goleman, who's a very um, very uh, renowned scientist and who's usually focused on topics, also on topics like compassion, um, but also stuff like productivity. And he comes from a scientific standpoint. Now, first of all, uh, I want us to acknowledge that it takes a lot of guts for a religious leader to approach a scientist, or I don't know who approached who here, but to say, let's work together. Because religion and science are usually two battling forces, right? Because especially with the story of the founding of the world, every religion has its own story, like um, the story of Jesus Christ uh, uh, for humans, or like the Islam has the story of the prophet uh, Muhammad coming to the world and so on. And then there's biology and evolution and everything that says basically we evolved from monkeys. So uh, that's very tough I usually to unite these two fundamentally different viewpoints. But it takes a lot of guts for two people from religion and science sort of to work together and say like, okay, how can we take this idea from religion that's very powerful and would be very great if it reached a lot of people and turn it into a scientific format that makes it accessible to everyone that's not religious. That's such a great, such a great concept, just such a great idea. And um, I just want to say like, Props for that, uh, Dalai Lama and Daniel Goleman. Now, I thought of several things alongside. I've also prepared a little something, but I noticed something in the summary that I think we should probably jump to, which is uh, which is going to be which should be really really cool. So uh, I, I wrote this post on November 8th, 2016, which was the morning I found out that Donald Trump won the U.S. presidency. And I remember my roommate was very upset about it. So it was it was so great because my roommate was he was so pissed that he went home and he stayed in his bed and he I don't know, he watched TV or something. He was really he couldn't work like he was that upset that Donald Trump won the U.S. election. Right. And by the way, we're in Germany, so we're not even directly if we're not even directly uh, affected or not as much at least so crazy right to like react to that this strongly at the same time that's that's definitely a disproportionate reaction to the 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 event right on the other hand at the same time i learned sort of this lesson from him where i said yeah everyone knows what's fair right everyone has an innate sense of when they're being put at an, at an advantage right i know i do i think you do too so when you have an advantage, you sort of, <laughs> right, you laugh a little bit for yourself. You think, oh, man, I got, really got the best of it here. Um, or you think like, man, like I've been treated. No, that's not fair, right? Um, so you you know when that's happening. Obviously, that's the, the definition of that is different every time and in every situation. But you know when that happens. What most people don't do is take steps to correct that, right? Because when you put it at an advantage, like who would want to give that up? And when you put at a disadvantage, um, it's hard because you have to fight for what you want. So if we all made a bigger effort to actually like move closer to what should be, to what's fair, I think that that alone, like if, if that's like the one thing you take away, like make a bigger effort to have to live a fair life and have every situation be as fair as it possibly can be. Um, uh, 
And that's basically like what my roommate's idea of, of fairness was. So uh, the shortcut you can, by the way, remember, instead of FTA, just remember FAT, right? That's a better acronym, I guess. Fairness, Accountability, Transparency, FAT. Um, so the way I try to do that is, well, fairness, as I said, I try to be fair even when it puts me at a disadvantage, or not at a disadvantage, but when it makes me worse off than I would have been. So if I'm at an advantage, I'll try to you know, at least somewhat pass that advantage on. Obviously, I'm not perfect, right? I mean, who doesn't love being treated with uh, extra status? Um, but it's it's not right. And yeah, so I try. Anyways, um, uh, transparency, accountability. I try to do that in my writing to like be open and honest and um, also share things that didn't work out because it's really easy to talk about. I made this much money da, 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 when you're winning. But it's really hard to share when you're losing. But over time, I notice I'm slowly getting better. So the occasions where I share when some shit goes wrong, that those become like those happen more often. And I'm sort of proud of that. Uh, accountability. I stay pretty accountable because uh, one, I'm sending out a newsletter every weekend. So uh, there's that, right? I mean, people rely on me to send that. I don't know if anyone actually like sort of relies on that, but that's just that's just the idea I put in my head to stay accountable. And uh, a lot of people notice when I'm not doing my stuff, right? So if I just didn't publish anything for four weeks, people will probably notice. So that's how I'm practicing that. And you can think about ways to implement that. But if you just remember FAT <laughs> the, as a sort of acronym and abbreviation for those three terms, I think that's a very cool uh, takeaway to have. Now, let's talk a little bit about, hopefully I can, I would like to read you those uh, stories, actually. Um, if I can find it, actually. So there's this story, I don't remember the exact story about Islam, but Islam makes a huge point out of passing, paying it forward, basically. So uh, if you receive help, you should always help someone else. That's a basic idea in most religions. Um, but I'm trying to find the Zen story of the of the farmer because that was a really, really good one. Right, I found it. Okay, let me read that to you because that's a great um, that's a great way of um, compassion and um, how to a, a great picture of compassion. Let me read that to you. It's very short. Once upon the, once upon a time. There was an old farmer who had worked for his who had worked his crops for many years. One day his horse ran away. Upon hearing the news, his neighbors came to visit. Such bad luck, they said sympathetically. Maybe, the farmer replied. The next morning the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. How wonderful, the neighbors exclaimed. Maybe, replied the old man. The following day, his son tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown and broke his leg. The neighbors again came to offer their sympathy on his misfortune. Maybe, answered the farmer. The day after, military officials came to the village to draft young men into the army. Seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. Maybe, said the farmer. So you see, every time something good or something bad happens, the neighbors come and they say, oh my God, this is so bad. Or like, oh, how wonderful, this is so great, right? And the farmer only ever says, maybe, maybe, maybe. So it's 
it's sort of like, we'll see, right? Because it's never the end of the story. So there's always more to the story, but you don't know when and what's going to happen. So he just keeps saying, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe. And that's really a way to practice compassion because he's compassionate with the neighbors. He sort of understands that they're really sort of excited and really taken taken by storm by all these events that are happening and the same at the same time he's being compassionate towards himself because he doesn't force himself to react uh overly strong to to negative and positive events in his life one way or the other so i i thought just, that was just a cool way of highlighting compassion and you can see that um the dalai lama compassion is his main topic his main point he talks about it all the time um, and it's really, he repeats that point that it's above religion, actually. And I really like that because that makes him so much more approachable for everyone from every other religion. So it's not about, be, he's the least pushy religious spiritual leader you will probably ever see in contrast to, let's say, the Pope or right or everybody who has their doctrine and tries to sort of push that because they feel like they have to pass on the mission of, uh, of their religion. So... Uh, to close out, I want to give you some quotes uh, by the Dalai Lama, some of my favorite ones. Um, let's see here. I have a huge list. Uh, oh, yeah. One. This is great. An eye for an eye and everyone ends up blind. Right? So it's not the exact quote. Um, but if if an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind, like how great is that? Right? If everybody practices revenge all the time, then in the end there will be no one left. So that's I think that's a really uh, powerful one. Uh, there's another one. My religion is very simple. My religion is kindness, right? So he just tries to be nice to everyone. There's another one. Um, whenever it's possible, practice kindness. It is always possible, right? So that's another one uh, about um, kindness. And then there's another one. Uh, if you want others to be happy, be compassionate. If you want yourself to be happy, be compassionate. So it's always it always comes home to the same uh, to the same point. I think that's really really cool. All right, hope you enjoyed this uh, comment backstory and so on about the Dalai Lama, uh, a force for good by the Dalai Lama and Daniel Goleman. Hope you enjoyed, and I will see you on one of the next summaries.